Hello and welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Anthony Maker. And I'm Brandon Sharp. I'm guessing that all but three of you are obsessed with the show we're discussing this, this episode. Here's the thing, though. It's actually crucially important we get you three on board, and I bet the rest of you will enjoy the spoiler-free discussion anyway, and that's because on this episode of Good Show, we are discussing Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is a series on Apple TV+, Plus, created by Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt. Sudeikis plays Ted Lasso, the coach of an American college football team, who is hired to come across the pond to become the head coach of a fictional Premier League English football team, even though he knows nothing about the sport. Hunt plays his assistant coach, Coach Beard, by the way. If you think this show sounds like a series that was developed out of some silly TV commercial for the Premier League on NBC based on one cheap joke that two different sports are called football, well, you'd actually be right about that. If you think that's all this show is, you'd be dead wrong, and you'd be missing out on actually just a little bit of everything. So mm. let's dive into Ted Lasso. How are you feeling about this one, Brandon? We've done a lot of rewatching for this for yeah. this podcast, and this was the first time I was really excited, really yeah. excited to rewatch this show. I think we're both maybe overly excited for this episode. Just yeah. love, we both love this show a lot, and and we're excited to talk about it. And we honestly haven't talked about it too much, which is good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so let let's start at the beginning. Um, how did you find out about this show, and slash what drew you to this show? Because as actually, as I've brought up before. We talked about on Severance, Apple TV is maybe starting to establish themselves, but when Lasso came out, they had not yet. So yeah. uh, what drew you in there? Yeah. So, I mean, a string of simultaneous recommendations. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got hit boom, 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 boom from three people, four people who have no connection with each other. So I knew like, I knew I was missing out on something. I mm -hmm. had been seeing the Apple ads. I mean, Apple's advertising is great. Yeah. But I'm not like a big Jason Sudeikis fan. I, oh, I'm, interesting. I'm not really. No, I, I, he's not someone that I followed with any consistency. I'm familiar with him. I think he's funny. It, you know, like some of the other stuff was okay. But after I was, you know, was hit with all of these recommendations, I was like, I feel like I've got to try this show. And um, the word the, or the phrase that people kept saying was heartwarming. They kept mm. saying, you know, really um, touching, heartwarming. I was like, okay, well, I, I can always go for something heartwarming. So that sounds like something I'll check out. So glad I did. Yeah, sure. So I'm actually, interestingly enough, the opposite of you. I have slowly become a huge Jason Sudeikis fan, and I've sort of followed him. Obviously, his Saturday Night Live career was really good. I enjoyed him on there. But then he made this like string of movies on Netflix. He's got a couple Netflix movies. I can't remember the name of one of them. And the other one is called Kodachrome. They're very niche low recommend like i just think i stumbled upon them and yeah. i really i liked him a lot but it, my excitement for him i thought he kept creating these interesting things um so i was like i'm always on board for anything sudeikis comes out with i'll at least check it out i guess okay so i checked it out immediately and the funny thing is for my love for ted lasso it's really funny because i specifically remember leah and i checked it out together the night it came out okay and uh both fell asleep and then because <laughs> I, now I fall asleep in every, you know, if, if we start late, I was I'm gonna, fall asleep. If, that, yeah. if that's the barometer we're using here, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's, 
No, yeah. I fall asleep all the time during shows. So that has nothing to do with how good it is. But we both fell asleep. But I I mean, I think I've mentioned this before. Lee and I never watch shows together just because I mostly dedicate more time to watching TV than she does. Um, So every once in a great while, there'll be a show that we're like, okay, hey, will you wait for me on this one? Mm -hmm. And she'll let me know based on like, we might check out premieres and then she'll let me know hey i don't care about the rest of the show go ahead or whatever and i'll just kind of blaze through it for lasso i tried really hard to stay and wait for her to come back and then finally i think it took me a couple weeks and i was finally like i think i'm just gonna check that out because they were releasing those week to week right so then i i that's when i fell in love with it but i will say like i was skeptical enough because i did like i said in the intro i thought it was a a show based on one really bad premise like i i i remember seeing the commercial uh, I don't know how well I laid that out in the in the intro, but basically there was this Premier League commercial on NBC several years ago that was where the character Ted Lasso was created. Oh, okay. It was like this extended play commercial. It was about four minutes. You can look it up online, but it was Ted Lasso's first and actually Brendan Hunt's in it too. There's a lot of crossover between the pilot and this commercial that they made. But the only reason the character was created was to promote the fact that NBC was going to be showing premier league games. I see. So uh, at that point, Ted Lasso had become the coach of Tottenham and all the jokes were like, Oh, uh, the ball's round, not, you know, it's just like cheesy football <laughs> soccer jokes, like, right, right, right. Uh, which are funny for a commercial. But then I was very skeptical because I'm like, I think my love for soccer is, has been made aware on here. So it's like, I, you know, I don't need all those jokes all the time. I've heard them my whole life. And also then the pilot does not give you the full picture of what this show is eventually going to become. It lays the premise out and that's pretty much all it does. Yeah. It's not bad, but it, sets up a lot of a lot of conflict things so you think the show is going to be all about these conflicts sure um and and it it just goes in drastically different directions later so i only say that to say like you're not going to know whether you like this show in the pilot i don't think it's hilarious the pilot's hilarious but you're not going to maybe uh know everything about the show at that point let's move on a little bit to what kind of show do we feel like this is brandon it's it's pretty interesting to classify yeah for me this is a hundred percent sitcom in fact in places it feels like it could live on an nbc i think it has something to do with the lighting i was trying to figure out what exactly about this show makes it just like have like that network sitcom feel and i think it could be the lighting it definitely has a little bit more of a sound stagey feel to me in some of the okay. scenes like the locker room or you know i was i think i was literally watching a locker room scene when i was having this thought so there are something about this show that just it, it feels a little network sitcom to me one of the things we did talk about ahead of time was i i was really interested in the definition of sitcom i'm just not i'm not arguing with you i don't know exactly what the definition is but i will say like you talking about it now there are a lot of jokes that don't fit the plot at all this mm. is like somebody wrote a joke so they toss it in there and they're all fu- i mean like a uh, 95 to 100 percent of them are really really funny jokes yeah but it is joke like it the joke has nothing to do so with the plot you th- you really feel like sitcoms have to have jokes is that what you're saying uh, like or like no I literally at this point have no definition for sitcom. Okay. And the All only right. reason I want to develop one is so when you say, I feel like this is a sitcom, I have some idea of what you're talking about. I mean, you know, sitcoms range, like wide range, for, at least for me. I mean, everything from like a full house and a boy meets world, a home improvement up to like a Seinfeld. The Office, Parks and Rec. Those are all sitcoms. Yeah. I think the best sitcoms 
are the ones that make you feel the one that tug the ones that tug on your heartstrings. Sure. The ones that are just super jokey are the ones I stop watching. So for me, Ted Lasso threads the needle. It's perfect. You know, like this is my favorite style of sitcom. Yeah. Gotcha. I just tried to quickly look up, look up a couple definitions of sitcom and it's, they're not helpful at all. It's a situational comedy. Yeah, I so mean, that's... A set of characters is exposed to a series of situations, mm-hmm. which is every television show, I think, so... I'm Could be. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple other things like the length of the, the show. Sitcoms yeah, are sure. usually, like, shorter. Okay, but lasso episodes are kind of long. Are they? Yeah, 45 to... I mean, they range a little bit, but they're, like, 45 to an hour. Man, they feel like they zip by. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well... Oh, there goes that theory. I, well, I mean, based on what I just looked up, this certainly fits within the, you know, yeah, the definition yeah, yeah. of sitcom. Yeah, I don't the, think you're wrong about it. No, I think I just fouled one off, though, with that length theory. That's all right. Staying alive, man. Yeah. You're fine. All right. So I have this interesting sort of question for you. It's based on a false premise, a joking premise, but it's basically if TV is truly going to take over movies, like I've joked about in the past, it's got to dig into sports narratives. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like we literally, I mean, we haven't talked about it on this podcast, but you and I did an episode of your other podcast that was based on baseball movies. Man, that's a great episode. There's many ways in which like if TV is going to become the only thing anybody watches, which there's no need for that to happen, but it's got to have it's like baseball movie area. It's got to have it's sports. Yeah. Narratives. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, as I was thinking about that, number one, I think Ted Lasso fits very well within that realm. Number two, I couldn't think of very many sports shows, period. I have one that I'm going to recommend you later at the end of the show. Friday Night Lights, I'll talk about it more. That was a great sports show and and somewhat similar. It's more of a drama, though, so not similar in a comedic way. But I can't think of very many other sports shows. Can you? So I want to clarify, though, because you specifically mean scripted sports shows yes yeah absolutely sorry so nothing nothing live action because there's plenty of those sure there are sports on television yes yeah i think there's i mean i don't feel like there's anything great you know if we're calling there was a show that i watched for a while called kingdom and if we're gonna you know if mma is a sport which i think it is Mm. obviously actually nick jonas is in it and it's pretty good it actually is similar ish to the movie warrior it's like i would even consider it similar like it would almost be like the tv version of warrior only not anywhere near as good i would love to see tom hardy fight nick jonas (laughs) (laughs) that'd be the quickest fight ever (laughs) but anyway yeah i mean i i'm pretty much in agreement it's it would be hard to track down other shows like ted lasso i think there you know are shows maybe like ballers which doesn't you know i don't know if like a whole yeah. lot of football takes place, does it? No. Or no, yeah. No, so no, like, no. I feel like the sport has to be played right in yeah, order to, right. for it to be a sports show. Right. The sport has to be played on camera. Yeah. You know, it can't just be talked about, you know, in the background. So yeah, it's, this is a, I think you're, I think you're onto something here. So it's, I, I just, I sort of imagine like, as we're moving into at least the prominence of TV, really growing the quality of TV growing. I was just curious if this ended up being sort of the first major sports show. Like yeah, a, I think, I mean, it's an interesting idea. It's sort of groundbreaking in that way. And I hadn't thought of that before, before we decided to do this episode. 
Okay, so really quick, I know that you're not, but uh, on that note, perhaps you, the royal you, the audience, are bothered by soccer, as many people in in my life have been. So is there anything I need to sell people on as far as soccer goes? Uh, Because I want to address a couple of the things that come up as jokes in the show, but also that might be barriers for people. Number one, you cannot really ultimately tie in soccer. I know that is the joke that takes place, but... You get points, so you, so here's how soccer works. In your league, you get points based on a win, a tie, or no points for a loss. So at the end, so yes, there is you can end the game in a tie, and then you both get a point. But this is thinking longer terms than just one win or something like that. So ultimately, I don't buy. I hate ties because I mean that that joke happens all the time in Ted Lasso, and every time it irks me a little bit because I see I, I love I'm, that I mean because that's his that's his mid, oh it's funny it's his yeah, midwestern sure. you know roots coming out like I I think there had to be a, a few of those things like mm-hmm. there's like a running joke about bubbly water and and uh tea yeah. hot tea he, you know he he doesn't like these well, I that's just think, more of a European stereotype joke like okay sure than a soccer one or a football one yeah correct i am i am definitely getting off track here a little bit but i think there had to be some folksy like midwestern things that he brought with him anyway keep going well yeah the offsides the offsides joke they always make that Uh that's pretty legit like nobody you know it's mostly undetermined it's like unclear the second thing i wanted to say about soccer though is here's one thing i i have grown to be obsessed with about it. I don't know if you've thought about this because I've watched so many more soccer matches recently. Soccer matches are two hours. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, the clock doesn't stop. Soccer matches are two hours. There's a little bit of stoppage time, but that's it. It's Mm -hmm. not going to drag on forever. And then also if you're watching on TV, 45 minutes of sports, then you have some commercials during halftime, then you have 45 minutes of sports and it's over. Love it. That's awesome. I love it. Like I, (laughs) I mean, you could be breathing fire right now. The intensity I'm just getting. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I wish I everyone else could see this. Well, but I wasn't even this passionate like two years ago. So it's fine. It's a daughter okay, so, playing soccer plus me coaching plus having season tickets. So, so like, like the oh. translation, I, I just real quick, I want to walk through you, through this with you real quick. So 45 minute, 45 minute, two halves. So it's 90 minutes of soccer. 90 plus, minutes of soccer. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. But I just wanted to clarify there a, a second with you. Okay. Yeah, it's essentially an hour, 50 minutes is the whole game time. Gotcha. And uh, they play in all seasons and all everything. And it's just like, nope, we're we're playing this this match. It doesn't matter. So and the clock ticks up, which I think is interesting. Oh, that, yeah, that is. The time doesn't elapse. It, it, it goes up. Yeah. It gives me the feeling of like, oh, this could never end. And that's what I think a lot of people... Because the stoppage time is is pretty subjective, right? Like it's. I mean, it's subjective, but you're not going to see more than like. I mean, on a rare, rare, rare occasion, you're going to see something more than four minutes. Okay, so it all depends on what the ref wants to award. I got you. Yeah, and then yeah, sure. Soccer players really play up their injuries, but also they wear metal cleats when in pro sports. So, mm-hmm. so, so do baseball players cleated. Yeah, nobody says a baseball player is whining when they get cleated in the ankle and they lay on the. They, they lay on the ground. Baseball players don't whine though when they get cleated in the ankle. Well, they they might be like, "Ow!" Like <laughs> they might like grab their ankle. <laughs> they might do that, yeah. But they uh, there is no opportunity for play acting in baseball like there is sure. in soccer. But that's just part of the game. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. I am not going yeah. to take away from. I know you're not. That I'm not element because I, I know that is that's part of it. But I'm just saying soccer players do get a bad reputation for being wimpy because of that. 
even yeah, though, potentially. Even I though mean, the I, soccer players I know are some of the toughest guys I've yeah, ever met. I, I Absolutely. I don't buy that, which is fine, but I could see why you would argue that. I don't think um, that. I'm I sorry. Don't. I, I don't think don't. that. I just think there is like a general, like the American football players are the tough guys. The soccer yeah. players are the the wimps, you know, and baseball players are somewhere in the middle. Baseball is the other thing I love. So I'm, I'm more contrasting it from football. Yeah. Do they only have one game a week? Uh, g- generally sort of. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, just uh, curious. Yeah, it depends. There's sometimes two games a week, sometimes like the, the FA cup was just this last weekend and Chelsea played in that. And then Chelsea has to play Wednesday too. So they played Saturday and, and then Wednesday. Who's your premier team? I don't have a, like an obsessive one, but right now it's probably Chelsea just because of Christian Pulisic being on it. Cause he's on the U S men's team. I followed man city a little bit because Amazon prime does an all or nothing show yeah. and they followed a couple different teams and yeah. Manchester city was one of the teams they did that show about. Okay. Let's move on to the characters in the show, which mm. is a massive part of the show who stands out. Uh, so many people stand out, but who would you want to highlight? Mm. Jason Sudeikis makes the show. Yeah. I think we would both agree there. Like it's really hard to imagine this show without him, but man, there are some really, there are some other great people who are on the show. Brett Goldstein plays Roy Kent. I love Roy Kent. Great comedic moments, great heartfelt moments, the, the full gamut there. Uh, do you know the story behind him, by the way, getting that role? I don't. It's such an, Okay, so Brett Goldstein was hired as a writer on Ted Lasso, writer only. Okay. They wrote the whole first season. He left and was like, he basically, like, as he was writing the show, had this inkling, like, I think I could play Roy Kent, but he never said anything. In, and so later on, he went home, filmed a couple scenes as Roy Kent, sent it to the, mm. you know, Sudeikis and whoever, and said, I think I have Roy Kent in me or whatever. If you don't agree, that's okay. And also, let's never speak of this. Like, he on purpose waited till they were done writing and then went ahead and, like, slipped it under so they didn't have to address it if it wasn't it. I can't imagine anyone else in that role. Like, it's just... Oh, so for sure. good. But it's all a very cool story of kind of like growing beyond. I love stuff uh, like that. Yeah, it's awesome. Who else? A lot of the soccer bla- players are great. Um, I love the guy who plays Jamie Tart, Phil Dunster. Uh, he, yeah. you know, is a little bit of an antagonist at certain sure, points yeah. in the show, but also you kind of love him. Yeah. Coach Beard's great. Uh, the lady that plays Rebecca. Hannah uh, Waddingham. Yeah, she's so good. Excellent. Yes. Juno Temple plays Keely Jones. She's hilarious. Yeah, I could go on and on. I actually am a big Jeremy Swift fan who plays Higgins. He mm-hmm. was in Downton Abbey. He's really good. Oh, yeah. man, he's great. And what the show, I think, does really well is, as you mentioned, all the players. All the players do their little thing. Everybody's got their, li- like, mm-hmm. almost their like. A, yeah, it's almost like a catchphrase, but not exactly a catchphrase. They use them and come in at the right. Danny Rojas, just like, <laughs> like. He, he says like five things. You just things. say Danny Ross and you can't <laughs> yeah. help but laugh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like he comes in at the right time and yeah. just does the perfect thing. And uh, what, oh, what's his name? The new captain. Oh, yeah, calls yeah, every, yeah. Calls everybody Isaac. Bruv. Isaac. Yeah, Isaac. Yeah, he's so good just for his little thing that he does. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just perfect. They just use these little roles really, really efficiently and really, really well. I think I think it's a very interesting show in that way. How about let's talk about writing in a couple different ways? I don't even want to ask about story. Just I love the story so much. It's like 
the general arc of the story is just awesome. But what do you think about that? It would be hard to poke holes in it. I'm trying to think right now if if there's we've remarked a little bit and and you think it's fine i think it's less fine i think there is a one of the character arcs is massively fast like where the show starts and where he ends up at the end of season two is just it's so much i even forgot that there was only two seasons just because of his character arc alone my second watch through i noticed them laying the groundwork Mm -hmm. earlier yeah earlier than i thought they had been laying the groundwork yeah yeah, I agree. And there's there's some moments where I feel like they pull it back a little bit. And they're like, oh, he's okay. And it's like, no, 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 no. And he like maybe piles on a little more. So it's like, it is like still a little back and forth because I was watching for it too. I'm like, there is no way this guy ends up where he ends up at the end sure. of this season. Anyway, if I was going to poke a hole, I don't even know that I would consider that a hole because it's so compelling still. Like I love it so mm-hmm. much. I don't know. The story could be darn near perfect in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. How about the writing's very interesting. The dialogue is awesome. Ted's yes. puns are next level, like super, super, <laughs> superpower <laughs> level puns. I mean, yeah. like amazing genius, like so brilliant. I don't know how. And then I'm like thinking, are they in this room? Like writing all these just separate and like, oh, maybe we could use this sometime. The way they write those, those puns is just incredible. But the dialogue is quick and witty. Mm-hmm. Like Ted is so fast, like yep. f- quick talking and, and his pop culture references. I mean, yes. he's just always just movies and, and TV and authors and everything. He's just got it at his fingertips. He's just ready to roll with. Yeah. Doesn't matter what, what you're going to bring up. He's going to, he's going to know exactly what you're referencing. Yeah. So I think it's just brilliantly written all around. Very interesting. So I've, everybody's recognized that too. <laughs> All right. So Brandon, I think one of the beautiful parts of this show is how it exploits these usual sports tropes. And one example is like, I think it's okay to sort of say this, but Rebecca is sort of set up early on as something like the owner from major league, the owner who Mm -hmm. is, is not thrilled to be owning this or doesn't have much passion for this team and is potentially trying to sabotage the team. One of my favorite things about what this show does is instead of a sports show would normally take take that sort of trope and then try and have the team sorry everything's about major league i guess for me but basically like the way you beat that owner is you win Mm -hmm. like you win the game that's how you you beat it yep what ted lasso does that's brilliant is they try and heal the sports tropes they don't try and beat the sports tropes what do you think about that idea it's i don't really have a question but how's that hit you to me it really starts peeling back and like softening your heart. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of times in a sports movie, you're going for like a different type of feel. You, you, you know, we love underdog stories. We want to cheer. We want to slap, you know, everyone, you know, each other on the back. We like, we want this camaraderie, you know, this is more like a little more understated, a little more of a softer touch. And I think it really helps transcend that sports genre sports style show movie you know we're, we're really punching through there we're we're building relationships we're healing like you said healing you know relationships we're more concerned about the person and i i think um it really is much more satisfying to me yeah and i mean this this show contains a whole lot of the type of villain I like, which is villain with backstory. Any anybody who potentially pops up as a, a sort of an anti-hero or a villain or anything like that, I'm not, I, you wouldn't necessarily call it a villain in the show. No. But 
Um, but anybody who pops up in that regard, you start to get some backstory. I can only think of one character who, I mean, it sort of shifts too across the, across the two seasons of television, different people pop up as potentially not awesome. And uh, I can only think of one person who we don't sort of understand why they are the way they are. I mean, you could use the word antagonist. I think yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. perfectly acceptable here yeah. because it really leaves room. It doesn't have to be like so much of an evil thing. We're distancing ourselves from like a villain enough by using the word antagonist. But I think um, the the ex-owner of the club would be yes. like a, is that who you're thinking of? That's the one we don't have any backstory on. That's sure. What I, was saying. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we're getting ready to get hit with a monster antagonist in next season, yeah. which I can't wait for. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Tart is a yeah. bit of an antagonist. I think it's a little more playful. Like you're like, I, actually, I love that guy. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, it kind of is uh you get mixed feelings about him, but um, yeah, I would, I would agree mostly not really a whole lot of villainry happening, but plenty of things that kind of make you grit your teeth. Well, Rebecca starts as an antagonist. Sure. So yeah, there's a whole lot of that, but then I just love how they play with that the whole time and people bounce back and forth and nobody's ever gone, gone, you know, this is really, really good. Let me hop to a, a lighter question. I know we can't get too deep into it, but there, this show has a couple like oddball episodes. It's sort of known for its oddball episodes. And I, th- I can say these without, there's a coach beard episode mm-hmm. and a Christmas episode that are kind of step out of the narrative of the, of the show and go off in this interesting, different direction. And they are, I guess, like hotly debated topics of like did you like that question number two after lasso it's assumed that you like lasso it's not like do you like lasso it's yes of course you do uh how do you feel about the beard episode like that's always like question like two or three in in the conversation so how do you feel about the oddball episodes i think i like most of them i think you know i don't know that there was a ton of them there's not a ton of them yeah i which is what makes them stick out even more i feel like you're really like you're you're in the zeitgeist if you if you loved the coach beard episode, like you, you get it. You know, I feel like it's yeah. one of, it's like the fly episode in breaking bad. Like you get exactly. it. Yes. You get yeah. it. I didn't care for the coach beard episode. So maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm on the outside. I liked but, it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I loved the Christmas episode. I thought it was good. I thought it was very good. I, th- I mean, <laughs> I just, there was some really funny parts in that, but to me, one of them seemed like it fit a little more. The other one was just like, sweet Lord, what is going on? Oh, Beard is off the wall, for sure. It's very goofy, but it's still, I just thought it was fun. You know what it is? Because I like Coach Beard's goofiness. I do. Yeah. It's that I felt like, on it, I've waited all week for this. I've yes, got my totally, I've got, totally. I've totally. got my episode of Ted Lasso. Finally, the kids yes. are in bed. I've got my yes. X, Y, Z, and this is the episode yeah. I yeah. have, you know, anyway. That would that might have no, totally. that might have literally been the only reason. If I were to it was probably, you know, it would be fine now. That's I mean, you're saying exactly like I think probably when I first saw it, I was upset about it and it took me a little while to become okay with the Coach Beard episode for that exact reason. Because I mean at the episode before it ends on a pretty emotional note. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, yeah, you're waiting to see the resolution. Okay. I've got you on something, Brandon. I've caught you and I'm gonna expose you now. I think in a recent episode of the podcast, you said you don't like to eat your vegetables when you're watching a television show. This show gives you a healthy serving of emotional vulnerability vegetables. Um, How does that hit you as someone who is on record as not liking? I already know what you're going to say, so I'm backing off already. Oh, do you? Well, let me me first say that... Um, what I actually said was this is how I like my vegetables. I think 
our off mic conversation was about me not liking my vegetables when I'm watching television. I don't like to be lectured. I don't want to be I don't want to be raked over the coals. I think though on the episode I said, this is how I like my my vegetables. I like a history lesson. I like to learn something. Sure. You know, so when we're talking about this, the emotional vegetables, you know, uh, having me explore my emotions, laying me out, creating these situations that I'm required to feel something, you know, if I, if I'm going to watch, I love that. And I, and I feel like if it's done properly, it's my favorite thing about television. Yes. You know, so I don't know that I would even consider that vegetables. That's, that's dagger. That's dessert to me. Like that's, well, I think if depending on potentially what kind of trauma you have in the past or okay. not, like what, it's, uh, um, let me clarify then let me clarify because I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn here or put my foot in my mouth. I'm literally talking about the heartfelt moments. Yeah. Like they go down really easily. Those don't feel like work to me. Now you're talking about. Yeah. Therapeutic, the therapeutic aspects of the show. Okay. Uh, yeah. And pulling those sorts of things out to, potentially whatever trauma happened in the past, whatever relationships you have with parent parental figures, you know, like there's certain situations in the show that might hit hard Mm -hmm. and force you to explore that. If you haven't, I mean, it's hard, I think probably for both of us to talk about that. I will say I was, I had this really interesting experience with Ted Lasso this past season. I had passed Leah and I had watched, I was like watching it as it came out. But then I talked Leah, Leah and I went out, uh, went to Florida for our, anniversary last year and i talked her into watching i said i'll watch the whole thing with you while we fly stuff like that we watched all the episodes i had this weird situation where um i was flying somewhere later on and it was only about two months or so after lee and i had rewatched it and we had to fly past where we were supposed to land we were supposed to land in chicago and we flew all the way to milwaukee okay and then we landed and sat on the runway and for whatever reason i had this moment where i i i think i literally like for the first time in my life had a had like a panic attack it's very weird i've never really dealt with anxiety to that level mm-hmm. um and so but the problem was um, to make a long story short i had three more flights on that trip because i had a layover and then i had to fly where i was going and then like two flights on the way back on the way back i had like built the thing up so much like oh my gosh what if this happens again very much like in the show so i put on a specific episode of ted lasso and like watched it happen to someone on the show and watched them resolve it to help me feel better about flying Mm. for the record i'm not afraid of crashing in a plane i'm afraid of being stuck in a metal tube that it's more claustrophobia than anything so Mm -hmm. but uh, it really helped me work through it. Like it was very interesting to watch that happen. Not every show is dealing with like with live ammo, like stuff that will really yeah. help you. And I think it was very interesting. Yeah. And, uh, maybe just me, but this shows shows dealing with live ammo. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, just also some of the parent child relationships that are dealt with on the screen. Um, there's a character Nate. Um, who has a yeah. very like kind of tumultuous uh, relationship with his parents. It doesn't seem like he's ever able to really live up to their expectations. And he's constantly trying to, you know, win their approval and it really affects how he treats other people. It's just, it's like, it is a lot of like live ammo situations, things mm-hmm. that 
people deal with. I've absolutely had a panic attack or two in my day and Mm. seeing it played out on screen like that. And actually I was just having this conversation with, uh, with someone else and another movie that uh, in Iron Man 3 you see Tony Stark have yeah. panic attacks and this this is this is off on a tangent a little bit but we were talking about Dear Evan Hansen and how like uh-huh. this kid has anxiety and I was like I've never seen anxiety look like this it's right. it's like debilitating like he is socially inept because of his anxiety and that and that's kind of what they were calling it, it as like Anxiety to me is like panic attacks, like Iron yes. Man three, yeah, and like Ted Lasso. So to me, this is real. Like this, yeah. this is like yeah. I absolutely know what that's like to be almost outside your mind, to not be able to control your thoughts, and and really go to a place that you don't know if you're going to come back from. In the moment, you don't know if you're coming back. Yes. So I think the show handles it really well. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, I'm curious about this too. It's this odd mixture of edgy humor. Mm-hmm. Like some of the humor is very edgy. And we should say that the, there's quite a bit of language in the show. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel like there should be this no. much language no. language in this show, but there is, there's a now, lot of language. I think some of that is British. I, th- Maybe. I think, think some of it's British. It's a, Maybe. It's, so there's edgy humor, very edgy humor, sexual topics, like uh-huh. it's, it's Plenty very of edgy, and then deep emotion, like we've just talked about. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like one is sort of the pill for the other in a weird way? Like I've talked in the past about how like sometimes a joke will be the breath you need to stop crying or whatever in a certain mm-hmm. show, you know, something like that. It actually doesn't even feel the same in this show where it's like these swings are so heavy. I just wonder if one is selling the other is the, is the fact that it's a comedy making it, making certain people available to discuss issues with anxiety or something like that. Or slash, I was thinking of like, I know plenty of people who wouldn't tend to like shows. Like they don't like that. I like shows uh, that are very edgy in their humor with a lot of F word stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're totally on board for last. Like, I can't figure out why this doesn't bother mm-hmm. them. It's the same thing that usually bothers them. It doesn't them, so. feel like it should have them. It just doesn't yeah. come across as a show that would normally have that much language, like an Ozark. It doesn't, you know, it just doesn't. Right. It's nowhere in the same. It's, it's such a, like, heartwarming, quaint little show, and they're just ripping off tons of language you know yeah, like, we certainly don't have an, an answer for it but it's just interesting to bring that little yeah. conflict up sort of on that note because i mentioned british i think what i've heard is the f word is not as bad in britain i don't want to just start saying words because i don't know who i'm going to bother with different words bloody would be like the yes well that's what i was trying to avoid saying but yes well that's fine here we're allowed to say that well, we have British listeners. I guarantee it, Brandon. You, uh, you've fine. just really upset them. Well, they're not, no, no, no. They're not upset about this. <laughs> okay. But it's a really funny. Most of the characters are British in yeah. the show. The, but you've you've literally talked about yeah. you don't like British shows. Yeah. How British is this show? It doesn't feel British to me. I feel yeah, like funny. there yeah. are British things happening. Yeah. One of the most British things that happened is like it takes you inside a pub on game day. Yeah. And it is my understanding that certain pubs follow certain teams. So everybody in the pub at the time follows a certain team. That's a pretty British thing. Also, they're pundits. We see a, 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 a sports show happening. Those are about the most British things that happen to, in my yeah. mind. The humor, American. The writing, American. The character development, American. There's British things happening, but this is this is an American show. Well, it's, I don't think it's, it needs to be a battle, but I, I actually think it's an interesting mix. They I like so, I like the battle of it, though. I do. Yeah. Oh, that's what's brilliant about I it. I want. I want to exploit it very well. I want to go there because yeah. it does feel a little bit like a tug of war. 
Here's my favorite thing because Americans have a horrible name, horrible reputation everywhere else across the world. <laughs> you know, Ted Lasso is one of the first American characters just surrounded by Brits. One of yeah. the first American yeah, yeah. characters yeah. that doesn't give America a bad name, like a, an American character you can really like be proud of. You yeah, know? sure. Yeah. I've seen so many other situations in which, you know, Americans are loud, rude, yeah, huge, like just so many things. And it's just yeah. like these, all these stereotypes, but here's a guy who just kills people with kindness, yes. who, who just loves to disarm. There's a line real early on. Just think about how mad he's going to be when we win him over, you know, yeah. like, and yes. that to me, like, yeah. that's the whole show, man. Like that is the show. He is just a great person and he gives, he gives Americans a good name. And I, you know, I think they were writing this character that way, but I love it. Yeah. And when I said the, when I said it's a, it's an interesting mix, I was, I was more talking about the humor because they're able to have like American esque mm -hmm. yeah. jokes, but then I think they know that Americans are obsessed with British phrases, or at least I am. Uh, and so they, mm -hmm. they exploit all the British for There's so many British phrases. I love, I love telling a group of people to F off is just kind of standard. Like, Hey, get out of here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or like, um, I love the phrase taking the piss. Like I'm just taking the piss out of you. <laughs> and they get to use all those. They and do. It's just like a perfect mixture of. Yeah. So you were talking about Ted and his, his perfect kindness. I think there's something to the timing of this show. Uh -huh. This show started during the pandemic. Not yeah. only that. Okay. So like it came out summer of 2020. So what happened in 2020, the beginning of a pandemic and a presidential election may one of the, one of the most polarized in history, maybe not the most, but one of the most polarized. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask a question because that's what I'm supposed to do, but it's more of a statement. How much do you think the timing of this show contributed to its success and people's willingness to sort of put up with Ted's obsessive positivity I just, I'm not sure he would have hit everyone correctly in a less tumultuous time. Mm. Do you think that the timing of the show had something to do with how, because it is massively successful, especially for a streaming service show. All I can remark on is my experience. I think it absolutely was the right time for me. You know, like yeah. it, it absolutely hits me the right way. Now I have, this kind of show is is tailor made for me, so I, I don't know if the the timing was super important. But I will say this type of show feels like what we needed at at, at that time. Absolutely, yeah. twenty twenty. I mean, possibly the uh, worst year in recent history. So um, you you have a midwestern, but he's got like a twangy. Uh, he's absolutely American accent guy going over to Britain, you know, and everyone like. Fury. I don't know. It just, it does feel, it does feel like a perfect storm, like oddly perfect for that, for that time. I also think that most of the time comedy is attempting to be successful by being pessimistic. And we get a lot of success and a lot of laughs out of sort of making fun of culture, making fun of the world, making fun of the state of things, making, you know, making fun of people, uh, punching down, if you will. And I'll admit that maybe I'm talking about myself too. I just don't know that I would have been in the mood for this other than in a time where I was like, I don't need anybody to come point out what's wrong with the world. I'm painfully mm -hmm. aware of what's mm -hmm. wrong with the world. I need somebody to come give me some hope. And that's what Lasso did. I love everything about the show. So I probably like you would have been open to it very much so, but it just hit exactly right because yeah. somehow it was able to come in and say, nah, 
let's be optimistic about things. We can, we can fix this stuff. One more thing. I think like I was really ready for, okay, this dumb American goes to Britain and he's just going to get made fun of the whole time. Sure. And then when he doesn't and it's like, oh, he's making some great points. I got to tell you, man, it just is, it felt really good not to be like the butt of jokes. Maybe I'm literally the only person who is thinking this, but that whole, the whole pilot episode, I was waiting for him just to look really stupid and he just doesn't like, there's no doubt that they exploit that assumption. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Yeah. No doubt. So many opportunities that he just kind of like, it just, they just kind of roll off his back and he, you know, and he's just like, uh, and he just honestly, just another kind word from him. And I don't know. What's tripping me up about what you said is the American versus British thing, because otherwise I totally agree with you. I would like say optimist versus pessimist or something like that. I think we all have a little bit of both of those things within ourselves. We'd prefer if we were able to operate within the positive side of ourselves, but we sort of know how we'll be treated if we act that way. Okay, final question that I'm tossing at you with it. I didn't put it in here, but are you hopeful for season three? I'm I'm slightly nervous. I'm like anxious that they'll be able to hold it together and like what's the future of this show? Because also they've been on record. Jason Sudeikis only ever really intended to do three, and so yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. I guess he. I mean, they've recently sort of backed off that. He said something. I think Brendan Hunt is the one that made the comment, but he basically was like, "Well, things change." I'm more interested in like, what do you think? moving forward this is one of those shows that you're just happy to have it as long as you can yep honestly for me like i'm i'm so glad that i just got to experience it another show would be like a a stranger things i had no idea how long it was going to be around you know every season felt like it could have been the last one and i was just excited that we were getting another one i would love this show to hang around for a while but shows don't really do that anymore Guys like Jason Sudeikis don't write and star on, you know, in television shows for 10, 12 seasons. Yeah. And they'll have another idea at some point. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, he's so creative, creative types. They like thinking about the next idea. I've done this thing now. Yep. Um, I'd like to do something else, but as long as we get it, you know, I'm, I'm here for it as long as it's around. Yep. So just for the record, I think what we understand right now, I mean, they're filming and, uh, at this point. And so we wanted to put this episode in this season because we're not exactly sure when it's going to come out last year. I think it came out around August. And I think from everything we've heard, season three is supposed to be coming a little bit later than last year's timetable. So, uh, but hopefully just like late summer, early fall timetable for season three, look really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right, Brandon, will you uh, pitch me a show? Yeah, we're running long, so I'm going to keep it quick. show that used to air on CBS is called The Unit, and I pulled up the cast list here so I wouldn't be stumbling through this. It stars Dennis Haysbert, who does like the uh, American Family or the Allstate commercials. He was on a lot. He was on um, a few of the early seasons of 24, and it's about an elite army unit delta force would be the i think the equivalent but they never say delta force in kind of their their missions but what makes this a little different and what differentiates it from like honestly i don't have any example but a show that would just be all military is uh, it shows a lot of uh, their home life also and how these operators kind of they're not like deployed for 18 months or whatever they they go on a mission they come home their family lives on base so you really see a mix of like the home life the military stuff 
the camaraderie, the you know the the brotherhood that forms um, inside this like really like uh, tight knit elite group. And I'm you know I'm I'm sure it's not you know 100 realistic, but it's it uh, it made for some great television. And a couple of friends of mine, we were all watching this at the same time. It was a really fun show. Awesome. My recommendation for you, I've already sort of revealed it, but my recommendation is uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, I think a lot of people will be familiar with it. I actually think this is one I'll be able to talk you into watching pretty soon. I, and I, all I mean by that is I, I'm not worried that you're going to like it. I know you're going to like it. I'm Me? Not, yeah. Um, so I think what I'm sorry, what I'm getting at is I think we could potentially do a future episode on it once I talk you into watching it. But it's okay. a really good show. Came out several years ago. I think it ended about you know, potentially up to eight to 10 years ago. I think it's on currently on Netflix. Uh, it kind of hops around sometimes to where you can see it. And originally I don't remember the network it aired on, but it was on a major network for the first, I think three seasons. And then they finished up. There's five total. It basically follows, uh, West Texas town where football is just everything about these communities and, uh, the state championships and what everything that goes, I mean, it's a little bit like the movie, but the TV show, in my opinion, is far superior to the movie it stars kyle chandler who's great in it yeah just everything about it is really really good i'd put it up there and not my top five but top something list of tv shows i i it's one of the ones i hit i usually hit that one when we're headed toward football season i'll watch like uh, not every year but i'll i'll rewatch it you like it that much yeah it's really good i always thought it was like like riverdale or like the oc or some like teen let's not be disparaging the oc first of all (laughs) put a pin in that because i want to get into it (laughs) oh we'll get into it if you want to get no i just have i have fond memories of the oc i I would not really fight anyone to stand up for the oc but uh, i do have fond memories okay It, it, it came out when i was in college and we would like watch it together like every week as it came out. So that just like a fun nostalgic thing. It's not the best show in the world. I actually did rewatch it. We're not talking about the OC. We're talking about Friday night lights. I think it's massively different than those. It's, it's much, much better. Well, my wife just watched the whole thing, the whole series. And it was her second watch through and I would bounce in and out for a little bit of it. I won't say that I watched enough to make a, to form an opinion. So, I mean, I'm definitely open to whatever. Did but she love it? She loves it. Yeah. She absolutely loves it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Is she, right. is she in love with Tim Riggins? Taylor Kitsch? Yeah. She better not be. She is. Sorry. Everyone is. So All is right. my wife. It's fine. Everyone is. I am too, I guess. So that's fair. Okay. Right. What have you been watching lately? Ooh, some good. So besides a truckload of Ted Lasso, yeah. Netflix released a show that's super popular right now called The Lincoln Lawyer. There was a movie handful mm-hmm. of years ago. It's a Michael Connolly book. Um, and then Matthew McConaughey movie handful of years ago. Anyway, this is the the new show on Netflix. It's really good. Leah's actually watching it too. She said it's really good. Yeah. I'm only a couple episodes in and I'm really enjoying myself. Relatively, uh, unknown cast. Nev Campbell is, is in the main cast, oh, but interesting. really mostly a lot of unknowns. Also meltdown three mile Island docuseries on Netflix top notch i love that kind of i love that kind of stuff yeah i mean did you like uh what's the one you're talking about chernobyl yeah um yes i mean that's great you like this this is not like that though that's a scripted oh okay this is a documentary yeah this is about the meltdown in three mile on pennsylvania yeah also still still ticking away on bosch legacy they release their episodes on friday on freebie daggone it's so good 
Okay, so I checked out the new Mike Myers show on Netflix, oh, The Pentaveret. I'm uh I think I've watched three of them. Wait, what's it on? It's on Netflix. Okay. It's a uh, six, maybe six episodes total. The basic premise of the show is it's as if like conspiracy th- theories were true and there is a one world government running everything, except this one world government is good. Oh, I was trying to think about how to talk about the show. Basically like all the humor is it. it uh, and even the style, everything about it is Austin powers. So if you like Austin powers, I think you potentially could like this show just like Mike Myers always, always does. His little jokes are just like perfectly on. He plays like I have 30 characters in this show or something 30? like that. Yeah. I, I don't, it's a lot. I don't know. I don't know if it's exactly 30, but he play, plays a ton of characters. Jeez. Keegan, Michael key is in it too. Oh, Ken Jong's in it. Oh, he has. I haven't seen him yet. So, okay. Oh, yeah. So sorry. cool. Um, and then I also have been watching the new season of Barry, uh, which is on HBO. It's with Bill Hader. It's where the like hitman wants to take acting classes and uh, become an actor. Have you seen that, Brandon? I've started Barry okay. and I just, again, I haven't given it enough time. I'm, I plan yeah. on finishing. It's good. I really, really like Barry. I would say this season so far is more of the same. Nothing surprising, nothing new, uh, but it's more of the same. So if you like Barry, you're you're going to continue to like this probably, but I'm not probably far enough. So I'm actually watching several shows right now that are sort of me just continuing to watch shows that I have been watching. Um, and so my quick hits are not very developed, but and well, ton, tons of lasso, obviously. So that's all right. Um, yeah. So I think that does it for this week's episode. Back on. It's a long one. This is going to hurt. It might hurt, but if we don't have that many like pauses, I'm sure I, I, I'm sure I got some pauses in there for you. <laughs> you, you do tend to, yeah, to get them in there, but yeah, well, whatever. 